With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. This is KWAD Radio, and we are behind. Sorry about that. Uh, this is Patty Holtrand, and we are talking about publishing today. Let's see if anybody's online. Just chat room. Just let anyone know the call number is 714-242-5145. That's 714-242-5145. And you're listening to... You are listening to Publishing Poop by a Publisher. And again, this is Patty Holstrand, and I am your host today. The subject matter that we're talking about today I don't know that. Um, I did write that on Facebook, so I just found out what I said a couple of days ago. And what we're discussing today. talk about uh, authors who don't do marketing and promotion when they write a book. Uh, the issue here is, and, and i got a few who are, are doing this right now, if you do not do your own marketing, then why did you write the book? Because it would be like having a be like uh, you know a manufacturer, you know, going through the uh, research and development and hiring the people to make the make the product, and then you get you just get the product done and designed and, and and produced, and then it's packaged, and you're sitting there looking at the packages, going, well, okay, how come they're not going out the door? How come they're not, you know, uh, yeah, I got this great product here. How come nobody wants it? How come I'm not selling these products? Because you didn't plan on selling the product. You planned on making the product, but then you you did not you did not plan on the sales of the product. That's an unfinished sale. So you need to do, you have to do it. I mean, any anybody who has a product would tell you, says, well, of course you're going to plan the marketing and, and sale of the book, or sale of, of your product, because that's, what's the point? It's, it's not about, it's not about producing the book. It's not about producing the product. It's about selling the product. And this is where authors really fall short. And I can't tell you how many authors tell me, and I told others in, in panels and in in, uh, 
anything that where you put your your information, the thing that they have the most trouble with is marketing. They have no clue what to do after they've done writing the book and actually get the book printed. That that was a lot to learn all that, and I I appreciate that. I know that it's a lot to learn the ins and outs of publishing, especially in this changing market. But on the other hand, you can't finish. It's kind of like um, when I said last week, if you're finished writing a book and you write the end and you 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 think you're done, you hand it out to the editor and that's not the end. <laughs> that's only the beginning. And the same thing with if you got the book produced and you have it in your hands and it, you enjoy that child for a few minutes, but then it's like, okay, what do I do with it? You have to plan on that before you go and finish producing the book. You need to know where you're going to put it. Uh, yeah, you're always going to have at least 20 friends and relatives that will buy your book. But once you get past the first 20, which is easy, and you're thinking, oh, this is this is easy, this is fun. I could be selling these books, or, you know, like hotcakes. So you get excited and you go, okay, I want a thousand of them. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, you've, all, you've only sold to your friends and your relatives and your close acquaintances. Yeah, it might be, you know, if you're lucky, 100. And so after that, when you sell to strangers, that's when you have made it. And when you sell not to just strangers that you meet, but when you sell online to to readers who've never met you. You can sell to readers who never met you. Then you got something. Okay, then you've got a book that'll sell. So it's not enough to say, okay, well, I can sell these events, you know, I can sell these in person. Uh, and yeah, you can. But you're not going to be able to go everywhere because it does cost money to get to where you need to go, to buy it, to rent a table, and to do the sales. It takes money to do that. Um, you can do that cheaply, and we'll talk about that, uh, how to, how to work, do some marketing that's cheaper. And, and really get the word out. But the point is that if you're not going to market your book at all, if you're just going to sit on it and it's languishing in, in your closet, and you know you've got copies of your book everywhere in your in your house, then uh, what was the point of writing the book? Now I have a few who are into their second or third book. And they're still languishing. And I, I ask, you know, just coming out of the question says, what was your purpose? What was your purpose of writing the book? Was it in order to, in order to sell the book, or was it in order to say, hey, look here, I, I wrote books? Because you know, um, books don't do very well at the doorstop. Well, I know they probably do, but especially if you have enough of them. If you have enough of them, you know, if you got a good stack of books, you can make really great door stops, okay? But that's not really why you wrote the book. 
didn't write the book or books because you wanted it to be a doorstop. You wrote it because you want other people, you want readers to read it. Now, I said, in this economy and this day and age, especially with the economy the way it is, uh, readers are flocking to the cheapest format they can get, and that is ebooks. And I have to say, a few weeks ago, that you know, I was selling one to twelve ratio. It has jumped since then. I have not sold a single book in print on Amazon in over two weeks. And in the meantime, I have tripled my sales in Kindles. People are just not are not buying the print books right now because they're like, yeah, on average, our books are about, oh, let's see, about average about $13 a book between all, you know, all the books I have. And $13 a book uh, plus the shipping for Amazon is uh, a lot more daunting than, you know, four ninety nine, five ninety nine a piece. And nowadays with Kindles, you don't even have to have a Kindle reader. You can read Kindles on almost any reader and also you can read Kindle books right on your PC. Well, that just opened the market up drastically. So you want to put your marketing uh your marketing money where yeah, you can buy your own books. My advice to an author is, yes, you need to have books in your hands. You need to have physical printed books in your hands because you're always going to be able to sell them yourself. So if you're expecting your publisher to sell those printed books, then you're sadly mistaken. Uh, but there's a small print publisher. Big publishers, well, yeah, they've got, they've got the distribution savvy. They, they've got all the... They they have about all their uh, books in a row, so to speak, and they've already got them according to the market on printed book. But smaller publishers have to think about where the, where the sales are really coming from. And so when I'm looking at a one to twenty four ratio, one printed book going out for every twenty four ebooks, then I have to say, whoa, you know, this this is this is no longer uh, a fluke. This is a trend. A trend is when something is is happening on a continuous basis and and is happening more often. And so, one to twenty-four ratio, which may very well be one to thirty, is it's kind of hard to gauge there. But I mean, I'm not a mathematician. I'm just I'm just estimating. We call guesstimating. One to twenty-four ratio. So. Where are my marketing dollars as a publisher and an author going to go? Am I going to push money into uh, the print of books that is, you know, is diminishing sales? No, I'm going to put my money where I know the sales are going to increase. Does any retailer would tell you this? Any retailer would say, well, yeah, you know, Diminishing returns on on a, a product that's not selling. 
you're not going to put a whole lot more. Can. You're going to stick it into the bargain bin and hope that you can get some money out of it. And in the meantime, the products that are selling, you're going to put your most of your money in. And you're going to put it, you know, you, you might even put it on a slight sale just to increase it, which I did do, by the way. I reduced some of the prices on, on the ebooks. books you know, I was going for mostly, well, I started almost all of them at five ninety nine because looking at the prices of, of a lot of others and and said, well, okay, five ninety nine is kind of an, an even keel there. Um, but then I found out about the the, the websites that were selling e books for under five dollars. Well, this gave me a sense to say, okay, well, for all my older books, I'm going to go ahead and put those for four ninety nine. Four ninety nine, four fifty nine, three ninety nine. So I got three ninety nine, four fifty nine, and four ninety nine. All those are gonna be under five dollars, so they're gonna make it into the five you know, under five dollar bin. And more people are going into that. What are they willing to pay? That's the thing. So what are they willing to pay for a unknown author? For an unknown author they're willing to pay, apparently. Three ninety nine to four ninety nine because our sales have jumped up twofold. I say twofold this month since I did this. So that says to me, okay, I'm not really willing to go less than uh, that because of the fact that obviously I have to pay the author. <laughs> I pay the author, and I have to pay for distribution of uh, you know for these readers who's the. Uh, Kendall charges me as a publisher. Uh, they're what what they consider to be very inequitable. Typically, I was just telling somebody about this yesterday. Typically, a book in the U.S. Uh, Kindle book is you get if as long as you have marked the right thing when you put it up, uh, you're going to get back seventy percent. And then of course you're attributing to you're getting money. Out, out the portion of that back to the author. But the problem is that I would love to give the author more than <clears throat> more than my usual amount that I give. The problem is that that's not what it is all across the board. Apple take more, you get sixty percent back. So that's uh you know ten percent less than what you were making on the Kindle. Uh for the US now they have little and that fact that you find out, okay, it's not 20% if you sell a different country. You sell in certain countries, you can only make 35%. Well, if I'm paying the author 30%, then that meant that I only left to five. Uh, so I left for five with all the marketing that I've been doing and, and you know producing the book and putting an ISBN on it. Wow, that's not very much less. I mean, it's you know, luckily you don't we don't sell that in that many countries. But you know, I would rather though. I mean, I don't mind selling a bunch of books in a different country. I don't mind selling hundred thousand books in a different country and only make five percent, five percent more than I made if I if I wasn't distributing into that country. So that's okay. Because I'm not. 
so worried about as long as we're doing something, as long as we're making something on that, because obviously I need to turn around and pay the author their lion's share of that. So fortunately, you know, I really can't give more more than that uh, because of the fact that uh, that otherwise I wouldn't be we wouldn't be making anything at all in other countries. Uh, there are some uh, distribution channels for ebooks that um, are also very, very steep, and so they get lion's share instead of author and author, which I, I never feel is right. Um, and I really get on the soapbox when it comes to distributors making the lion's share of the cut, and the reason is because they didn't produce the book, they didn't write the book. They didn't research a book. They didn't spend all the time with that book. They don't even understand the book. They know nothing about it. They don't know kind of blood, sweat, and tears you spent on it as an author. They don't know what the publisher put into it. They spent absolutely nothing to produce that book. And yet, they think they can get the lion's share as a, as a cut. And that's just wrong. That's wrong in, in every sense of the word. That's, that's greed with a capital G. That's greed like we've been seeing with the government. Uh, you know, I can get on a soapbox and just get really a like, rail on this and say, what, what makes you think as a distributor that you have the right to more than 30%? It's, it's how we operate. There's really no reason why a distributor needs more than thirty percent. They've got, they've already, if they've got a hundred thousand books up there for sale, they don't need to be taking more than thirty percent. Honestly, I don't even understand what thirty percent for, considering that they got an automatic system going, and once they paid for the research and development, once they paid for the design and got the production up, and they've got a few, you know, maybe one uh, programmer who's keeping an eye on things and, and making changes on a regular basis. We wanted to, maybe two. Depends on how big your, your website is. Then why do you need it more than that? I've always said about this about Amazon. Why do they need more than 30%? I don't even understand why they need one thirty percent when it comes to printed books. That's one reason why I, I've been fighting tooth and nail not to uh, put the books into the uh, distribution channel with them, with you know, putting sending the books to them and having them distribute. Um, but then I find out, okay, well, there's actually some benefit <coughs> here that we're not we're not getting because of the shipping issues that you know if you Distribute yourself like I am. I am, you know, pick it. I pick the books out and, and I ship it myself when we get a sale. Unfortunately, you know, you can't make zero shipping on Amazon if you do that. So they charge you know, three ninety nine. Well, if the readers would go to the publisher's website, I could get them shipping for for free. I don't mind getting shipping for free because especially if it's media mail. But the shame of it is, is you go to Amazon that you cannot tell, you cannot click anything saying 
that you'll give it for free shipping. They reserve that for themselves. And they reserve that for people who are paying to the nose for distribution, for right to distribute to them. So uh, that's why I, I would... I prefer only paying 15% plus their variable rate and yada, yada. Uh, so, you know, by the turn around and get paid, your shipping back, uh, pretty much pays for some of that. So, you know, that's a good thing. But it's a bad thing for the reader. You're not getting many readers because of that, that you're, you've got books for sale but you've got shipping attached to it. So, you know, uh, especially in this marketplace, people know, hey, I can get free shipping somewhere else. Well, I've been offering free shipping on my publisher website from day one. The only difference between me and Amazon is that, because, you know, I am I'm still distributing on Amazon. Uh, you know, if you buy the book through Amazon, I'm still sitting here picking the book out for you and putting it into a package and shipping it. The same thing is if you bought it through the publisher website. Uh, the only difference is that my interface through the website is, uh, you know, the payment is sent through PayPal. That's the only difference. So I said, well, why would you want to go through Amazon? Well, you know, I don't mind you going to Amazon on occasion because after all, I do have to pay the forty dollars, you know, every month for right to just to uh, be a publisher with the, with our own publisher site on Amazon, and uh, so that's uh, it's forty dollars a month, and I need to sell several books in order to actually pay for that. So <laughs> it's appreciated when somebody buys a printed book on Amazon. But on the other hand, I I don't mind saying, okay, if you know, honestly, if you if everybody bought through your website, I gave you guys free shipping. I could pay for the Amazon just for that this year. But for some reason, everybody still thinks that if you our publisher or an author, if you, you know, so you you self-produce your own book and you put it on Amazon. If you don't put it on Amazon, you're not really an author. And I'm not sure how when that happened. When do we perceive Amazon to be the god of books? That's not the only thing they sell. And that when did we perceive? Amazon has the god of books, and that if you were a, if you claimed to be an author, then you had to have your book up there. I'm not sure when that happened because it was long before I ever started. Uh, when I started looking into producing books, uh, that's the perception everyone has. If you're not Amazon, then you're not really an author. Viable book, a viable product. We can't believe in your product as a reader. That's what readers are saying. We can't believe in your product if you're not an Amazon. Wow, that's you know that's cool for Amazon, by the way. That's for how they got that great reputation that they should have, and they got to hang on to that. But uh, they got the reputation. 
They've got the know-how. They've got the website. They've got, you know, they've got all the balls in their court, which is why they're asking for Steve. Just Sorry about that. We were knocked offline. A uh, wonderful thing about uh, technology is that it, it doesn't always work the way you want it to work. Uh, this obviously, the problem is cell phone. Cell phone, if you drop the line, all of a sudden, you're not there. So, um, we were talking about... <coughs> we're talking about... <coughs> well, and we're talking about down here. About marketing and promotion for an author and why they should be uh, doing marketing promotion. Now, you know, there are authors that, you know, I just want to write the book. I got all this knowledge in my head and say it's a nonfiction book on I don't know, like products. Yeah. You're not a professional who usually speaks in front of people. You're um, maybe a geologist who works out in the field, so you're not used to speaking in front of people. You're unsure of yourself, but you have all this knowledge so you write this book. Um and, and, you know, once upon a time, you would have gotten a publisher uh, for uh, materials such as that, for books such as that, and they will do the work for you as far as getting into, this, into the distribution channels, and then uh, they would do the sales and, and, and whatnot. Those kind of books would not be expected to sell that many. And and they would already know that. So you have a publisher who is into that knows that kind of market. So they understand that that, that book may not sell real well off the shelf, but it's got a longer lasting shelf life. And what I mean by that is because there's really not that many subjects uh books on that subject. <coughs> So they can keep selling it for a longer period of time on the shelf. Um, it does become what we call uh, backlist. And backlist is when uh, booksellers won't put it on the bookshelf because it's, it's dated, it's dated material. I mean, anything after six months is dated material. So it's pulled off the shelves in the bookstore, but it's still on the backlist. So if anybody comes in and says, hey, I want this book on, from so-and-so on, on site tectonics, um, the bookseller can can order that book and get it, you know, or ship it directly to the author, or not the author, I'm sorry, ship it directly to the to the reader, or um, or ship it to the store and then have the reader pick up this book at the store, which of course is preferred because they want <laughs> they're they're hoping that if you if you come to the store to pick up the book. That you'll find another book that you want to want to uh, want to buy, 
when you go there again. <clears throat> it's like sales. That's what it's all about. Getting you into the store. That way they can make a sale. So that's... Uh, this actually leads into another subject, and that is uh, read recently or some time ago that Amazon is buying store locations in uh, in England. I said, now, why would they do that? Now, they say that it's because... <clears throat> They say it's because they wanted to be able to distribute faster. That they want to be able to have uh, less shipping costs, and that all the books will go to the store location, and then the reader can pick up the books there. And this seems kind of odd to me. Seems kind of odd, and I realize, okay, now they're doing this in New York, and so. They're not just producing books. They're not just, you know, create spaces, not just producing books. They're not just distributing books through their big online presence. But now they've gotten into actually having a store location. And here, in a time when Borders is closing its stores and all the indie stores are, are falling like flies out of the sky, um, why would they spend the money to get store locations? Well, you know, and said, well, read something saying that this is, has been part of the marketing plan all along. Well, of course it has. You know, um, they got into a viable market that they knew something about, which was online sales. That's where they started. And that's where they've grown. They've grown and choose to have all this great reputation. <laughs> We're going to take this great reputation into patients. And uh, if I were them, <laughs> I would get these brand new uh, machines the, uh, that produces on the fly. I would put them right into these like a kiosk, put them in, just a kiosk on it, and put it right into these small locations where people are picking up other, you know, the books that they've ordered. Take the books they ordered, see this kiosk with, you know, instant, you know, gratification of a book being produced in front of you. You know, who wouldn't want that? That's that's kind of cool, and I've seen it done uh, in New York. And so they go, oh, well, you know, let me, let me look through this and see what I can maybe take, take home with me. So they look through the book, you know, through the list and say, hey, you know, I don't have this book and I always wanted to read it. Kind of cool. So, yeah, I push a button and and in 20 minutes they go they go out. But they, you know, want to watch that production because that's kind of cool. I like the watching the donut being made. A Krispy Kreme, okay? We all got into that. You know it. So we sit there and we're watching those donuts being made. In this particular case, we're watching the books being made in these espresso machines. And we are, and the espresso is that you have a cup of coffee and your book is done. 
and in essence, that's what it's supposed to be like. Um, they still have some kinks with the uh, technical side of that. It's like any any big piece of machinery. You've got to have a screwdriver with you often in order to do tweaks and fixes. But uh, and all in all, I mean, it's instant gratification while you're drinking coffee. And really, that's the name of the game nowadays, instant gratification. That's why all of us are clamoring for e-books, because we want to be instantly gratified. We want to wait for that printed book? No! Give it to me now! You know? So you buy the e-book, and it's sent to you, or it's whisper set sent to you on uh, Kindle readers. Instant gratification. You start reading the book. Bam! Got the book in front of you. You buy it. The print book is going to take you, it's going to take at least two days, minimum of two days shipping. That's a, that's a day minimum, because it depends on where you are, it depends on a lot of factors. But uh, if I ship it in, in media, it's going, to, it's going to take three to five days. There's nothing I can do about that. So I, I don't want to pay any more than. And the shipping, because really, honestly, the only ones that make any money, the only ones making any money in this business are publishing. Want to know who it is? Okay, I'm going to tell you. It's not the publisher. Publishers are not making the big bucks, guys. They've got an awful lot of expenses. But um, once you're really making money, is your distributors, whether that's online distributors or whether that's, that's you know, uh, whether that's distributors who, you know, like Ingram, or, and this is a good case, is now, is no longer Ingram. Ingram's actually falling the wayside, and I have to say that, that they're, they're having diminishing returns. Um, really, the bigger one is now, is Amazon, with their Prime. You know, you, you, Amazon Prime is taking away distribution from the big guy, which was always been the Ingram. I'm hearing this from all sorts of book buyers nowadays in bookstores. Yeah, they get all their books through through Amazon Prime. Do they go through Ingram? Very rarely. Isn't this an interesting change of the wind? So here, three years ago, when I sat down and talked to Ingram, they were the big guy. They're no longer the big guy. They're no longer top dog. Very interesting change in the winds. So that means that you need, obviously, you know, understand a lot more different things going on. Things are changing. Uh, Amazon is becoming top dog in all areas, people. Whether or not this is good or not, I never consider them, uh, any one company to have that much power. I, I don't think it's ever a good thing. So they've got the distribution. They got they make the books in some cases a craze base, which I don't, I don't suggest ever keeping all your eggs in one basket. But in my opinion, and I will fight tooth and nail for most of the opinion. I do change them in mind on occasion. If you really show me the numbers, I don't see the numbers yet. I don't see where the author is benefiting from this. 
And that's really what it's all about, is the author benefiting from this relationship. And that's what it is, the relationship. Is the author benefiting from the distribution? Is the author benefiting from uh, sales of those books? Is the author benefiting in the long run when they sell e-books? Well, I have to say that they are making better percentages better percentages. They're making more money. Now, we do have to wait a little longer for it actually to get paid for e-books, but, you know, uh, that's that's to be expected considering that you're making more percentage. I got some authors right now who they should be happy to know if they're listening that they're going to be making a royalty for the first time. No, not on printed books because we've been waiting too long. They are going to be making their first royalty check, check because of the sales and uh, e-books, specifically, specifically Kindles. So, do, where do we want to put our marketing dollars? It's going to be in e-books. Where do we want to uh, advise the authors to to produce their book in first? Like, duh. Which one do you think? I'm going to suggest, and, and, and my, my my partner is going to be rolling over here laughing because uh, I've always been the advocate of the printed book, and I love the printed book. And, and, and I said, well, the reason why we have to have the printed book, really, and it's always been this way, is because that way the author has opportunities to sell their own book. Um, yeah, I, I'm a long-time printed person. I, I'm, I've been in printing for 20 years. Okay, I've been a graphic designer for 21 years. I'm obviously an advocate of the print media, but I also understand that you know the reason why you have to have a printed book in your hand is because that way you have potential sales. You can't go around and say uh, you're going to go to an event and say, "Oh, I, I got my book in a book." Um, would you like to buy a book? And, and the reader who wants instant gratification says, well, where is it? <laughs> well, you know, here you have an event and you don't have any printed books with you because readers are all about instant gratification. Yeah, so that's why I say that it's important that the author has printed books with them. Don't ever, you know, I'm never going to say that it doesn't. Uh, so, gotta have printed books with you because people will still read books, and but they'll also it's the instant gratification issue. Is it? And it's really all about if you you think about why are ebook sales going up? Well, number one, first it's obviously the amount of money they can buy two or three books for ebooks and the price on printed books. I mean that is a factor, and I acknowledge. Uh, but the other factor is obviously the instant gratification being able to get an ebook a lot faster than the printer book shipped to you. So that's it's all about instant gratification on all all fronts. If if an author is doing an event, they can't likely uh, hand an ebook to somebody because they don't really have be able to distribute it. Or can they? I'm going to blow your socks off here and tell you that if you have the right publisher, like 
what I'm doing right now. You can have those ebook uh, files on you. And instantly you have your computer. Well, you get their email. You can instantly send them not only the PDF version of that ebook, but you can send that ebook in any other format. You send it to them as Kindle. They can either read it on their PCs or they can upload it through their Kindles from their account. Yes, it can be done. Yes, you can get instant gratification if you're an ebook ebook uh, producer. Uh, these are all new and cool things that are going on out there. Now, if it's going to hurt your printed book, you still need to have some on you because there's only going to be people who it's like, well, okay, yes, but that's still not instant gratification because I don't feel that book in my hands. I don't feel it in my hands. I want it. I want it now. Well, bam, you got to print the book right on you. Uh, I got an author who can sell anybody. I mean, this guy, he is, I can't say enough about Chucky when it comes to being able to uh, child burgess. And I give him his, his due reward here. Um, I've said this many times where I've, I've thought this. It's, I've never met anybody who can go into a restaurant and he's listening to not only your conversation with him, but he's listening to conversations all around him. And he hears a couple ladies in, in a booth next to us who are talking about some book they, they were reading. He goes, he because somebody he whispers and says, you have a book on you? Well, of course I have a book on on me. So I hand him uh, one of his books. <laughs> and he stands up, goes over to the to the booth next and introduces himself to the ladies, tells them about his book, and he comes back with $10 for his book. Hands it to me and says, here, this is for lunch. <laughs> totally cracked me up when it happened. It's, but it's just so him. It's, he could not have made the sale if one of us didn't have that book on us. Yeah, I'm saying you cannot make the sale. You cannot give reader its a gratification if you do not have the book in your hands to sell. So you got to make it happen, people. You got to have it with you. You got to have it with you at all times. I got books sitting in my car, and where I am, and unfortunately, it's not everybody's book. But you know, uh, this is the heat of Arizona. I do. I try not to keep uh, too many books in my car because they, the laminating on the covers do melt. It gets 110 in the uh, in the shade here in Arizona for the summertime. I don't keep that many books in the car uh, at this time of year. I am under the awning, so uh, my car is under the awning, so it, we are in the shade, but it's very, very hot. And so there's not a very good idea to keep your books in your car when it's that hot. But any other time since, uh, of year when it's cooler outside and, and it's wintertime, you can keep your, your books in in the box in the car, 
And uh, so that way you always have one with you. Uh, go to events, I go to meetings that have nothing to do with books. And you know, I'll have somebody say, you know, want to know more about my, my books because they have a book that they, they're thinking about producing. Yeah, let me go out to the car um, and I'll show you a sample. I'll let you go home with it. My, my instant gratification of to a potential reader of whoever's book I grabbed out of the box <laughs> at my expense. Because these are books that I bought myself. That way I have them. And I hand the book and say, enjoy it. But you can see that it's a quality book. You've got great laminating. It looks great. It's interiors on great paper. The binding's done well. All those things that you're setting in, the, in to have a really nice-looking book that you're proud to sell. And that's what I do. I produce your books. We're going to go for a break here. Uh, this is going to be a two-minute break. And I will be right back. This is KWAD Radio. I'm Patty Holstrader. I'm talking about publishing. Back. This is Patty Oldstrand from KWAD Radio, and we're talking about publishing and all the things that are going on with this. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about where I said that I would put more of my marketing dollars into where obviously the money be made. And that doesn't mean I'm giving up on printed books. 
again, I think every author should have a few in their hands. Always have some in stock. Um, I've advised authors that if they buy 20 books, then when they get at least half of them gone, that's when they should start ordering more. You get another 20. Uh, because it's going to take, you know, uh, at least seven days. Seven days, uh, seven to 14 days for you, for me to be able to print the books if I don't have enough in stock. Get printing books and then and then ship them to you, media. Because I, I don't like paying any more for shipping than I have to. So if you wait too long and you've got an event, and then you're going to pay for the shipping because that's crazy. Um, you're going to wind up paying a lot. Uh, there was one time that I had to pay $60 for overnight shipping for some booklets, and uh, that's crazy. That's just crazy. I, why, why would I want to buy it, you know, spend that much for shipping? You know, I don't want to spend that much for shipping, and I'm sure you guys don't want to pay for that much for shipping. You know, uh, I don't like paying that much money for that because you're really not making it back. And it's really the name of the game is, is making money on your book. So you say, okay, if I were going to market this book, what would I do with it? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about this today, and then we're going to we'll save the rest of this for next week. As marketing is a huge, I mean, it's, it's going to take several weeks just to talk about marketing. Um, I say, okay, well, where can I, where can I inexpensively market? Well, some of it's very obvious. Okay, very obvious where you can market where it's free. Um, it, by the way, it's not free to market on Blog Talk Radio. You can actually get a free. Uh, you can do this free, but it's going to be a. Uh, what I've got is premium services, so I'm paying every month for this. But that way, I have a certain block of time I can actually speak live, and then it goes off. Now, if you wanted to uh, keep it cheap and you wanted to do this radio thing, then you can very well do it for free. But you're not going to have uh, live interviews. You're not going to have that kind of thing. You're, if you're an author who wants to talk about your specific subject, again, we'll talk about plate tectonics and geology. You can have your own radio show. You can do this for free. Just, uh, you'll get a microphone. And you're going to uh, use Audacity, which Audacity is a free uh, online, uh, well, online free program the audacity to go in and you can I mean it's gonna take you a learning curve and to do this, okay? You're never gonna get this automatically. You need to spend some time to learn Audacity. It's not gonna be uh, a piece of cake the first time unless you're technically inclined and and can pretty much learn this stuff pretty fast. But you're still gonna have a, a little bit of a learning curve to get this, okay? So you can very well produce your own show, and you're, you're going to tape it ahead of time. In other words, you're going to record it ahead of time on Audacity, then do the editing, and then 
make it into an MP3 player and then put that up on onto Blog Talk Radio. So you can do this for free, and then you have them. But then what do you do with it? Yes, you produce the show, but it's not going out the same channels that somebody who pays premium or or even better, uh, even more per month will get. Obviously, you pay, you're not even paying for it. So you're not going to get the marketing from Blog Talk, and and you got to figure all this stuff out yourself. Well, that means that you're going to you need to. Uh, and I even do this, even though I have premium services, I still need to do some of my own. Uh, they don't always instantaneously go on live, and I'm not sure why, but they don't. Uh, on to uh, Facebook, Twitter, and everything in between. If you have other uh, social services, social networks, and you need to promote. You need to send this information to all these services. That way you know um, that you might have listeners. Now, they won't have it live. They can't. You can't call in. There's no call-ins. There's no phone number. There's no guest call-in. There's no host hosting like I'm doing right now. Uh, there's none of that. There's no chat. Uh, there's no call-ins from other parts of the country. There is simply... Uh, where you you audio you tape it audio, you edit the audio and then you upload it as an MP3 and then you promote that show. But it's never going to be a live show, so you know, you're never going to have that because that's not part of the free package. Okay. So, uh, but you can do it, and so that's always good. And then you got video. If you have a video player, the same thing. You got to have a little bit of a curve to learn it. Uh, learn the editing process and upload process, uh, but you can very well have your own YouTube channel for free. Now, these are big media things, and, and uh, again, the whole idea is that you need to learn to market, but it's, it's, you need to learn to market the actual... It's not just the book. You're learning to market your show, learning to market your YouTube channel. So you got to learn to market... What you market? It's all man. That's even it's even more complicated. Okay, so let's say you're not you're not technically savvy. You don't want to learn the blog talk radio. You don't want to do the the YouTube. Um, what do you do? Well, first thing you're going to do is obviously get yourself a Facebook page. First thing you're going to do is get your Twitter. Uh, yeah, I have one author who's just totally amazed. Like, many people are actually sitting there waiting for you. Well, they're not waiting for you because they've got 20,000 other people to listen to. But they do uh, read what you've got to say on, on Facebook, whether or not it calls to action. Now, that's an entirely different subject. We're not going to talk about call to action today. We're talking about ways in which you absolutely must, as an author, Absolutely must do. And number one is Facebook. Number two is Twitter. Number three is if you don't have your own blog, then you need to be a guest of other blogs. I say this again. If you do not have your own blog, which personally, in my opinion, you should have. But if you do not have your own blog, then you should be on other blogs. You should be interviewing with other blog uh 
hosts. You should be hosted by others. And honestly, if I were, if there was a choice, if I had a choice between having my own blog, which means I have to maintain my own blog, which I do. maintain my own blog, I have several. Um, if I had a choice of that or being hosted on other blogs, my honest opinion is that I would be hosted by other blogs. And the reason is because then I'm not having to market and, and and promote my own blog and keep it running all the time and keep content on there all the time. And it, it's it's a never-ending, never-ending word. Never-ending. That if I go and get promoted and um, and hosted on other blogs, it's kind of fun because I get to know somebody. I get to know other people. I get to know other authors. I get to know other hosts. We strike up a relationship. Okay. So, but even better than that is they're doing the promotion. They're the ones that have to worry about added content. They're always looking for more people to introduce and 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 uh, interview. And you got other messages to give. You got tidbits to give. You got. Uh, advice to give, and you are definitely a marketable product yourself. So you need to find other places to get hosted. That's my recommendation over top of getting your own blog that you have to maintain and find uh, content constantly. Now, what I've done is I'm part of a hosting group authors supporting authors. I am a host on my blog for authors supporting authors and I have authors on a specific on a regular basis who are uh along with my own authors uh, are featured on my blog. So that way I have continuous content on a pretty regular basis even without you know me having to produce something personally. So here I have, I host other people, host other authors. And if you are an author and would like to get hosted on my blog, which is terrific, I can, I'm, again, I have to keep content going in through there in order for the numbers to stay up. And that's really what it's all about. I got listeners, even if they don't say anything. And I'm going to give you that blog right now. And it's AZ Publishing Services. That AZ, like in Arizona, Publishing Services. dot blogspot. dot com. That's AZ Publishing Services. dot blogspot. dot com. That's one of my blogs, and that's that's actually the Changing Face of Publishing blog. Tips from a professional, senior graphic designer, book publisher, and marketing entrepreneur about everything regarding publishing. This is the official blog site for AZ Publishing Services, LLC. So down there, you'll see um, a lot of different things. You'll see our summer events, team events coming soon. You'll also see what we got coming on tomorrow. I'm not going to promote that right now. But are uh, ready? We are 
doing a big uh, chocolate rose day. Got chocolate rose one and two, books one and two. They are neurotic band anthology. And so tomorrow we're having a chocolate rose party all day with live interviews on Facebook all day with music and live talk. You door prizes and fun on, and so we're getting sticky with you on Facebook all day. Uh, and I will give you that information here. We have, we'll also be on Blog Talk Radio. We have two hours blog where we have nine of the authors from uh, uh, from uh, Chocolate Rose 1 and 2 being interviewed. The first one out this year was going to be uh, Lori Bowler from England. We've got one international author in book one, yes, and she's going to be on live with us. Uh, 1 p.m. Arizona and California time, Pacific, in other words, Pacific time, and uh, you, your region in the world now is like 9, 9 o'clock p.m. England time. <laughs> That's why I put her on first because she's, she's got the Obviously, the steepest time delay. It'll be 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, Arizona and California time, Pacific time. And it'd be three hours difference if you're back east in the U.S. So plan accordingly. Come on in and listen. Got Lori first, and we've got a whole lineup. If you go on the blog, you'll, you'll see what the lineup is. We've got uh, Lori Bowler from England. We've got Charles Burgess from Wisconsin. And he's starting off uh, the hour as well, and he'll be with us for hopefully half an hour. Uh, GPA, which is our, our greatest poet live, that's what his GPA stands for. I always, I always thought GPA stood for grade point average, but apparently GPA stands for greatest poet alive. And he's from Chicago. He'll be on at uh, 15 minutes after the hour. Sarita Walker from Dayton, Ohio. We'll be right behind him at 1.30 our time here. Darren Raisby is also a poet. He's from Wisconsin. He'll be right behind her. Everyone has a team in the increments here. Uh, Cotton Carpenter from Maryland. She's in book two. And she's right behind Darren. And Deanna Denise, Nadima Rowe. Writing with Demon Monroe, she is from Maryland. She is right behind Cotton. And then we might have 15 minutes of, of talking to maybe perhaps Charles again about the whole series. Or I will be talking about other opportunities of uh, books coming up. Uh, Talk of Rose 3 will be coming soon. Uh, and maybe your chance of actually becoming a first-time author there. And then uh, Raquel Carter who's uh, actually not from Ohio. I wrote the Ohio years, and made that mistake. She's actually from Illinois. Uh, she's writing as Janique, and she will be ending the uh, ending the two hours. And so we're going to have a lot of fun talking uh, to each other uh, about what makes their writing tick, why they got into Chocolate Rose Project, and what are they working on right now. So you can take a look on Change Face Publishing. Also, uh, the party obviously is going to be uh, you can get from my 
Facebook page, and that is facebook.com slash P-J, like in Patty Joe, P-J dot Holtstrand, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. That's P-J dot Holtstrand, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. Don't forget there's two T's in there. That's me, and that's the Facebook party tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Come on by, uh, talk to the writers, talk to the publisher, and get sticky with us. And with that, since we're talking about uh, cheap ways in order to market your e-books, obviously you need to get the books into all the different formats first and then get them onto all the possible uh, online sales locations. That's the most important thing. And then promote where they are. They need to be on your website. Do I think every author should have a website? Yes, I do. That is absolute given. You should have a simple website. You should be able to sell your own books online. Remember what I said. You need to have your own books. Now, make sure that if you are with a small publisher or a big publisher that you have the rights to be able to sell some of these own bo- your own books on your own website. Make sure that you're not uh, messing with any contracts. No contractual issues. Okay? If you publish through me, uh, I... I demand that you do. You know, this this is where you're going to make the most money. It's not from me. It's from you being able to take your own and I help you guys to do this. To market yourselves, to have your own website, and to sell your own books. Yes, I want you to have your own website. Yes, I want you to sell your own books on your website. Jeez. I don't give you guys decent pricing on, on books just so that way you can waste it. I give you the opportunity to say, yes, you need to have a website. Sell the books on your own website. Yes, please do. As I told an author last night, says, and I explained this, you guys don't get it. It's if, if you guys aren't selling books, then I don't make any money either. Say this again, if I if you don't are able to sell your own books, then I don't make any money either. So think about that. Um, where else do you think you can put some free uh, it, it's not an advance because honestly yes, I, I think events are important. We'll talk about how to make that economically feasible. Um, sometimes it's not. I can't tell you how many um, events, especially conventions, I've had to say no to because it's just especially with the gas prices where they are. It's just not feasible. You know, you have to judge how many books you're going to sell. Now, somebody said, well, you know, I'm doing an event this weekend and I'm not sure if it's worth it because, you know, I'm not going to sell a few. Well, it's not just about selling the book. Let's say again. It's not just about selling the book. It's about self-promotion and getting your name out there, name recognition, not only for the book, but also for you as the author. Why do 
big companies spend millions of dollars to promote their logo and their name. There's no product attached to it, is it? or is there? Is there a product attached to it? In many cases, there is a product attached to it, but the thing is that they need to, you guys need to remember is that they are building up the reputation of that name. And you guys need to build up the reputation of your name as well as any behind your book. Um, and that's uh, one of the reasons why um, you know, I have an author who wants to go anonymous. Doesn't go so far as writing anonymous on the book, but he's, he uses his first name and initial. And he's fighting with that because it, it's a spiritual book and it's a, it's a book about your relationship with God. And I understand his point of view and that not seeing seeing what the other hand is doing. Um, I understand the spiritual reason why. But in this day and age of market, because readers want to know who you are, Uh, they don't put their hard-earned money into somebody they don't know. And this is why, and this is why, publisher is never going to make as good a salesperson you're never going to make as good a salesperson as you are for your own book or product because you have your passion in that product and book. That's you. And readers connect to characters, therefore they connect to the author. Yeah, they're ready for reading nonfiction get into characters where they still want to know who you are because in nonfiction especially, you're paying for that book. It costs more to produce. I say it costs more to produce not because of the size of the book but because of the fact that content, uh, design, and organization of a of a nonfiction book. Think about it. You organize your fiction because it's beginning, middle, and end. But with a nonfiction you have to organize a lot more than that. They have to spend money in indexing. They spend money in uh, references. Where do you get references? Double-checking them. There's a whole lot more to be able to produce a non-fiction book in the long run. So that's why they charge more. Um, so that's something that a lot of fiction authors ask them. Well, how come they can charge $5 more for their book than I can for mine? It's less than less pages in that book than there was for mine. It's because they have the expertise in that particular area. They have the expertise in that area and as such and and the fact that the nonfiction book itself with the organization and uh, planning of the interior takes more time and therefore obviously costs more. So that's the reason why nonfiction books are uh, it costs the reader more money to buy them. Also, a lot harder to produce an ebook. So that's if you want all the pictures and stuff, you're going to have to pay for an app. You're going to have to design an app around your book, and that's that's going to cost you a lot of money. It's not quite there yet when it comes to nonfiction. 
fiction, you know, we've already got the corner market corner for non for uh, ebooks. So please get out there and do it. Get out there and produce those ebooks. That's it. Get those sales. Buy your book for as cheap as you can when it comes, but with a quality silver when it comes to printing. And then take them with you everywhere you go and sell them. Be proud of it. This is your child. Do you sit there and and uh, hide your child? No. Says you're proud of that child. You parade that child with a pretty dress, a bow in his hair. So do the same thing with your book. Be proud of it. Parade it around. Say, look at this. I enjoyed this book. I'm proud of it. It's my child. And I would like to share that child with you. You treat it like that, you're going to get your sales because you're proud of your product. And that's really what it's all about is being proud of your product. You're proud of it. People are going to hear it and your voice are going to, they're going to want a piece of that passion, that piece of that excitement because everybody wants to be entertained and with instant gratification, they want a piece of that. I had a, I was in love once. (laughs) Everybody was in love once, I would think. But I was in love once and uh, I was excited this new love. Okay. And I would go to sit in the center and I'm working out and, and I'm just beaming and, and everybody wanted a piece of that. Everybody wanted to know, okay, what? why are you so happy? I said, well, yeah, there's this guy in my life and, and I want to work out because I want to, I want to please him and I want to be happy. I want to be part of this relationship. Never use that word yet because, you know, you don't at first. Well, you know, it's anxiety. you got to love for him, you know. But, um, but the, thing is, the point is that everybody wanted a piece of that passion. They wanted a piece of that relationship. They were excited to be around you. They were excited to be around you, and that's an important thing to remember. That again, they want to be entertained, and they want instant gratification. They also want a piece of that passion, and 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 to understand that you know that's what sells. Is how can you get them instant gratification? And how can you entertain them? And so there are ways to market that in order to uh, entertain. And that's why I, I choose the media that I choose. That's why I choose talk radio. And that's why I choose other uh, Facebook you know, writing and, and actually putting I put in the uh, music in order to entertain while I am informing. And that's why I do that. I put the, the music on Facebook in order to entertain and inform while at the same time it has some kind of uh, thought process to that song. So when some people have asked me, why do I use music on Facebook? And that's why. So there's all these cheap ways and, and or inexpensive ways and, and free ways for you to market. And that's what you need to look at first. So that's my recommendation for the day. And we're down 15 seconds, so I'm going to... 
Um, well, we will be on Blata tomorrow for, with us. We are so see you then. And this is KWAD Radio and Patty Hallstrom and signing off for the day. Hope to see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.